Hey, really quick, we wanted to let all y'all know about something we'll be doing a little bit different. On April 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Ryan and I will be bringing Shaco Artspeak into your homes. We'll be holding our first live interactive podcast via Zoom. We may have to social distance during this time, but we can still get together wherever we are. If you want to be involved, we need you to do two simple things. First, email us at info at shacoartspace.com to let us know you're interested by April 8th. On April 9th, we'll send out the Zoom invitation to everyone who emailed us to let you know how to be a part. And then number two, tell us in your email a topic you'd like for us to speak on. We'll go through all the ideas and pick out one or two that seem like they could generate the best conversation. That is going to be April 10th, 7 p.m. Eastern. we got a couple hours set aside for us. And don't forget to send us some topics you want to talk about as well, because we want this to be a conversation that we can really help you all dive into. Hope to see you there. This is Shaco Art Speak. Hey, welcome to Shaco Art Speak Below 30. Yeah. Um, so we've been, if you've noticed, if, you've been, if you're a regular listener, we had to do a, a rerun of our uh, earlier series on anxiety. Was it anxiety and satellite? Yeah, anxiety brain? Okay. satellite brain debris. Yeah. So um, some of that was because uh, both of us at different points actually got sick. Um, so I was... Uh, came down with a pretty serious flu and pneumonia. It wasn't COVID-19. Um, and I only know that because I actually got tested for the flu, but I was completely out. And then, um, academically we were on spring break and, uh, uh, everything shut down uh, very rapidly for both Gareth and I, and then Gareth, yeah. And then Gareth had some pretty significant family stuff, uh, out of state and, um, had to travel with his family and um, and then it came down also with um, sinus infection. So we weren't able to record as we were trying to figure out our um, classes and just get a handle on on this this whole coronavirus COVID nineteen pandemic. And so um, we we just had to do the best we could, which was uh, sort of re uh, you know, reintroduce some old episodes. And I mean, um, luckily, you know, it worked though, because I know that, you know, especially when all this started, now that we're kind of, I think maybe settling into, okay, this is kind of what it is for now. Sure. Um, but when it all started, like there was nothing but anxiety that I heard from folks. Totally. So, you know, it, it kind of was a, was a nice, uh, a nice thing to happen that we had some episodes that we could put back on the air Yeah. Uh, that dealt with one of the topics that was already at hand. Yeah. So then of course, you know, the anxiety is much greater, and obviously really relevant and um, valid in a way that maybe we didn't discuss in those episodes. Yeah. But, um, you know, so hopefully, you know, if you're wondering why that happened, that's kind of kind of the that's what we could pull off. We thought it was the best decision. And so um, thank you for for listening and, and bearing with us. And we're, you know, while we can, we're glad to be back. Um, we'll we'll do our best to stay in contact with you all through. Uh, you know, future episodes as we can record them. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. This is all uh, uh, uncharted territory right now. Yeah. And so um, I think one thing that we, we talked about is we, we feel like this episode, we, we just kind of, we don't have like a big plan or, um, but definitely we wanted to acknowledge um, this time, you know, and how, how we're dealing with it. And uh, um, yeah. So what, what are your thoughts, Gareth? What do you, what are you thinking about? I mean, it's been strange, right? Because, um, you know, we've talked before about how we kind of live in an age of social media, 
And I think what we're seeing now is actually, it feels a little bit like the kind of rational end to pursuing that even harder in some ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing a lot of folks that are, I think, not doing too great with the fact that they're not getting to interact with people like they usually do. Right. You know, I think we, um, I know I, I can speak from personal experience. I think I don't always value that personal interaction as much as I should. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that it can kind of be taken the place of stuff, uh, you know, with like, I don't know, FaceTime or things like that. But Mm -hmm. I tell you what, um, one thing that was really fantastic this, this past week is, you know, we, our classes finally got back into session. Um, and I thought it was going to be really strange to just see my students on a laptop screen sure. using something like Zoom for the um, for the kind of interface for us. And it would be, it, it was definitely different. It mm-hmm. was definitely different. But I can't tell you between Monday when I was still doing stuff, preparing for classes, and Tuesday when I saw their faces, the difference I felt at the end of the day on Tuesday was so massively better. Mm. Just mm. being able to see their faces. Yep. To hear from them, yep. to hear that everybody was doing okay, you yeah. know, as much as they could, yep. that people were staying safe and they're staying somewhat sane mm-hmm. amidst all this. But just to be able to connect with people was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, that um, you know the the anxiety piece kind of comes from that the eminency of something that's coming, and and yeah. you're trying to you kind of want to buffer in control, posture, orient your posture yourself or orient yourself as much as you can. And, you know, we just don't have control like that, you know? And so I, so, you know, I, I confess it was a relief for me to meet with my students and, and just kind of like get to that place. Yeah. But coming on the heels of being six, I was, I was late to starting. I was late in terms of responding to some of the technological shifts. And I mean, there's just so much logistics that, you know, I think that added a little bit of uh, pressure and then, you know, but once I saw everybody, I think you kind of, kind of can settle in. And, um, this is just a singular moment, you know, it's just a singular moment. I know that there's friends that have, there's colleagues that have lost friends already. And, um, you know, uh, it's just a, uh, a really sober time as far as, you know, when you talk about connecting with people, like one of the things that has jumped out to me is folks that typically are comfortable staying inside have been told to stay inside and now they want to be outside. Yeah. I think that's at some point something to examine, like what makes us respond in opposition to what we're being told to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what, what, there's something maybe, and I know maybe this is just in America. Maybe Americans are a little more, um, they have a higher premium on their personal, um, sort of freedom. Mm-hmm. So I don't know for sure, but um, it is something that I've noticed in a way that has been unanimous. And I th- I just find that as a note, I'm noting that and I want to come back to and think on it and um, talk to friends and, you know, people that I think might be open about evaluating that. Like, why is that? Why, you know, why is it hard for us to just listen? And I don't know if it's an authority thing, you know, I don't know. if That's it, funny. I mean, yeah. I picked up on the same thing because... Um, you know, for, for years, as long as I've been teaching, I've been hearing students tell me that, you know, if they just had more time to just kind of like be at their place and do their stuff, they could get so many things done. And if they didn't have all the distractions, they could get some stuff knocked out. And so I reminded my students of that on Tuesday and I said, Hey, you do have that time now, Mm -hmm. you know, like you don't have to look at this as like a prison sentence. You can look at it as an opportunity in some way. You can try to find that silver lining, you know, and, 
and then what was great is, um, you know, there's a lot of folks that are one thing I've been hugely encouraged by, especially within the creative community. I've seen, um, you know, my daughter has a few, uh, artists and illustrators and, and writers that she really loves their books. And there've been so many people who have been doing things like Mo Williams, uh, Willems has been doing, uh, like a, a drawing thing every day with yeah, kids. Yeah. My daughter's like, been watching those every day with and Mo Williams. Penny's yeah. been loving it, right? Yeah, same here. And then, um, you know, also there's other art, authors who are just reading their books as live streams. Yep. And there's things that are like, I think, really amazingly beautiful coming out of something that's entirely difficult and like horrible to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's given me a bit of, a bit of pause and a bit of hope Yeah. in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, and it kind of, and especially, you know, want to definitely wave the bat- banner of like the writers and the uh, illustrators and the... Um, artists that are out there doing this sort of stuff because um, I think it just serves the point that we've tried to make for the last you know couple of years as you've been listening to the podcast um, that we really do have a chance to do some big things in our culture and they don't yeah. have to be monumental they can be small but make big waves yeah or, yeah like if you put it in the you know yeah if it, or if you just put it in the language of um, you know your gift offerings yeah. you know creative gift offerings have an impact. And it's, it's almost not for us to decide the scale or scope of the impact. That's, that's a question of the response of, of the audience. But what you can do is, is faithfully, you know, uh, make an offer in ways that you do. So like, you know, one thing it's like, you see, um, in Italy, just how catastrophic things are. Mm-hmm. And then there's these, um, these folks coming together on balconies and singing, Yeah, you know, in this beautiful picture of or just a heartwarming picture of um, it. Well, it's like, it's, it's really interesting at the end of the day, if you can't control your life, but you can make decisions, what kind of decisions do you make? And not to get too morbid, but the, the reality is we just don't deal with death. Well, yeah, it's true. And so um, we don't determine the time of our birth and in, in most respects, we don't determine the time of our death. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is choose what we do with whatever time we have. And so it's interesting to see people move towards creative output as a response to what they can do. Yeah. You know, and so, again, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that we, we pull through this and uh, that there will be a time to account for some of the more resilient and interesting ways humans have responded to this time. I think I think there's a discussion there, or many discussions to unpack as to like why why a song when people are sad, mm-hmm. right? Like why when the rubber meets the road and someone pulls their piano out into a balcony in the midst of of death and dying, why? I think that's. I think we got to ask that question. I think there's good good answers for that, um, or good thoughts. Um, I don't claim to have all the answers, but I think there's some good. Um, it tells us something. You know, wh- yeah. when the rubber meets the road, what do you what do you grab? And and um, and I've been, you know, I've been touched by and impressed by um, the bravery of like people in the medical field. Oh, yeah. nurses, doctors. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stories are harrowing and heartbreaking and inspiring. And, you know, humans, when under difficulty, respond in a multitude of ways. But it's really remarkable when you see p- 
people come together in, in collective ways uh, that look to build each other up, encourage each other. And you, you see a glimpse of what the world could be like. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw it after 9-11. Yeah. You know, and you, you hate you hate it. You hate that it takes things like this for 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 us to see that. You know, you'd like to see you hope to see that maybe the efforts of the people in Italy playing music during a difficult time turns into people playing music when it's not a difficult time. Yeah. Definitely. Or or the idea is that it's always kind of a difficult time and so there's always a time to be playing music. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think that's um and and that kind of you know, your point about healthcare workers, I was speaking with a few nurses the other day and um their sentiment was, you know, yeah, we are, you know, kind of putting ourselves out there. The front line. Yeah. Um, they're like, but but we already do that every day. Yep. And you know, it's 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 an acknowledgement of what already was, but in a much more magnanimous way because you can really see what's happening. Yep. You know, and they said, Well, you know, one of these nurses, they were like, I was working with HIV patients every day. Yep. And you know, that's you never know. Something yeah, could happen. You don't, and, you know, yeah, in, the, in in certain fields, you don't know what what's walking through the door. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's the point, right? Like, 2020 has been really interesting. I, I just go back to nobody, nobody, you know, nobody saw Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash coming. Yeah. Um, and that feels like a distant memory now. But these, there's a lot of uh, unexpected bearing down on us. And the truth is they've always kind of been looming. They're always a part of the equation. Mm-hmm. It's just that we've sort of, um, you know, I don't know. I can't say we because I think certainly there's people that are very aware of this, you know. But um, I, I also got to say, and this this could get me in trouble, I find that celebrities are having the hardest time with this. Oh, yeah. So I see your everyday families, artists, you know, designers, makers doing incredible stuff. Right. And so, um, this is another one I want to mark for a conversation later. Mm-hmm. I, I now, and, and of course, if you're listening, you may have seen one of your favorite celebrities doing something wonderful. I'm not saying that that's not true, but what I am saying is in, in general, I've seen celebrities meltdown seem very strange, mm-hmm. you know, not, not together, but then in like, you've just been like, so, so, but then I've seen like just wonderful, um, encouraging, sacrificial efforts from all kinds of people, mm-hmm. you know, people that are like taking responsibility for what they can and caring for others and so on. And I've seen great, you know, Twitter videos from people that are just making the best of the moment in their homes and the creativity and just the fun in the, you know, which is not to negate the seriousness is just to say that there's, there's like, there's only so much you can do. Right. And um, I find that fascinating. I find I find that is a really interesting contrast because it says something about the deficiency of celebrity. Yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't make everything good. It doesn't make it all. That's right. It doesn't save away. you. It doesn't spare right. you. It doesn't spare you anything. And it may it may mean that you, we there's there may be is there's there's mountains that we climb, you know, through success that um, make us ill prepared to be connected and actually live. Mm. So, I mean, it makes me wonder, you know, about the way we are defining success and in money and wealth, because certainly like people aren't being spared uh, through this. And it seems like some people that are a little closer to the earth, if you will, are uh, bearing up responsibility a different way and seeming a little more resilient and, and actually like 
I've seen, I mean, so I have seen some great things too from some, some more successful like musicians and things like that, like concerts mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. And so, um, but it, it is just interesting to see, maybe it breaks down to talks we've had in the past where some people, celebrity is predicated on their self-worth coming from that. And because now their, their self-worth has been totally uprooted, they don't know how to carry on. And then there's other makers, if you will, musicians, painters, sculptors, designers, like whomever, that the making is not, their value doesn't rest on that. And so they're able to use their creativity as a vehicle to produce a good for themselves and others during a time of difficulty. Yeah, and I think, you, you know, know, any kind of time of difficulty in your life, I think what it what it tends to act as, uh, for the most part, is a very clear mirror. Yeah. Um, you know, because we can all kind of postulate about how we might be in a tough situation, what we might do, mm-hmm. you know, and we might even you know, go through like different sort of training regiments to like want to respond in a certain way. Yeah. But when the, when the stuff actually happens and things go a little South, um, I think that's where we start to see what happens. And, you, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's why, you know, I've been so encouraged by seeing how generative some of the creative community has been, like mm-hmm. you're talking about, um, because I would like to think, and maybe it's just because I'm biased because I'm a part of it and I don't know anybody else's mindset as well as my own. But I'd like to think that the the artists, the designers, and the makers out there are some of the folks who are who are trying to consider this those, these weighty things mm-hmm. a little bit more mm-hmm. because their work is kind of generated in response to some of that in mm-hmm. conversation with that already. And so mm-hmm. when something like this happens, they just say, "Oh, this is this is just kind of amplification of what was already there." Yeah, um, I know it's not true for everybody. I'm not making a blanket statement. Yeah, I'm just saying that a lot of the very um, I don't know, uh, introspective and very, uh, very good as a weak word, but very good makers that I know, like they're, they're thinking deeply about things in yeah. ways, um, that bleeds out into their work being the quality that it is. Um, and so something like this, uh, I, I do love that there's some great beauty coming out of it and I love seeing things that are just happening. Um, like the the mobilization of people with 3D printers to just make face masks. Yeah, that's, that's you know incredible. I mean? Laser cutters uh, and things like that. That there's there's these makers all over the country that have just been more or less classified as hobbyists. Yep. That are now being turned into a cottage industry. Totally. To more or less produce <laughs> weapons for the front lines, which yeah, are these face masks and everything else. That's right. There's a glass blower that from Richmond that has created a prototype for these attachments for respirators. And so their creativity and craft and understanding cultivated, you know, all that stuff is, is, is uh, immediately able to generate a, a service, a solution. And, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting time. I, I, I really worried about the loss of job. It's like the loss of life and the loss of jobs and the, the, the kind of um, other consequences that are not at the forefront of our, our thinking right now in response to this pandemic. And so um, the way ahead, I mean, even for us, it could change, you know, as far as if we yeah. can continue in the same way. I mean, these are all things that we're going to have to think about and, and assess, but, you know, just businesses closing and, and um, nonprofits certainly are not at the top of the food chain in many ways. Right. So, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to, um, rubber meets the road is how do we respond? You know, kind of going back to my point earlier and it's difficult because I don't necessarily like my own medicine, but at the end of the day, we have choices to make. And, um, 
the weight of the circumstances can clarify our convictions yeah, and expose uh, where I'm scared and weak. And I don't mean that as like a condescending thing where I'm just weak. I just uh, don't have the uh, fortitude to muscle up, if you will, or bear up. And, uh, but also maybe in places where I do or, and I, and I don't know, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, I have desires to continue and, you know, for us to figure this out, but I just know that I'm sure a lot of people are listening and wondering, you know, what's going to happen and what's it going to look like. And I just think everybody is going to have to take into account what they can't control mm-hmm. and think about what they can do, you know? So I, you know, I've made some paintings and, you know, definitely hugging my family tight and spending, you know, the kind of quality time that I can with them and uh, working on diligently on figuring out, you know, my responsibilities with VCU and caring for other faculty and that and students and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, we've always been big picture, big vision. And it's kind of like right now that's, that's on hold as far as the big vision goes, but we're still making choices. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so so we're living in that tension. It's like we made a choice. We're like, okay, we gotta we gotta record, you know. Um we don't have to. You know, we don't have to. Right. But um we're go we're going to and we'll see how it goes. And um so I think even for us, I think going forward, there's a challenge of like uh being in topics, understanding what's going on around us and not seeming insensitive to that. Yeah, definitely. You know? So if anything, I hope that this this talk is at least some small acknowledgement of that. And then, you know, like what we're doing with the, um, the zoom invite, I think is a way of just opening us up to, um, other people that want to press into a, a more meaningful conversation, if you will. Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I think in, you know, once everything kind of comes back for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. once we get back to something that feels more normal, more like we're used to, um, things will look different. Yeah, a lot of places. I mean, the 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 hardest hit part of every every town and every state across this country and across this, across this world are the small businesses yes. and nonprofits that really make your town feel like your town. Yeah, you know, it's the it's the restaurant that you went to every week. It's the bar that you went to yeah. for a drink with friends. It's the the bookshop that you bought stuff from. I mean, yeah. those those places are are, are suffering, and yeah. there's a lot of folks that'll be out of work from this. And I think that, you know, what you said, Ryan, about, you know, we can't control what's coming. We can't control what happened, but we can control our decisions right now. You know, I think it's, it's never been more important to really kind of stick together as much as we can, despite social distancing. Yeah. To stick together as communities yeah. and really reach out for each other. I've been hugely touched. I've had students from the past that have emailed me and asked how I've done. Mm-hmm. I've had people call me up. I've mm-hmm. had folks that I haven't talked to in years that have just hit me up on Instagram and a DM and said, Hey, you good? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's the kind of togetherness we need. We really do need this, this community stuff that we, I think people might feel we harp on a little too much. Maybe. Yeah. We really do need that to be a reality in this time, especially as we start to crawl our way out of this in the future. Yeah. 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 yeah it's bittersweet, man. We, you know, in Richmond, you had a thriving restaurant culture and, yeah. and, and I don't, uh, who knows how long it takes to rebound from that, but I know, you know, unemployment is off the charts and, uh, you know, there's going to be, there's just businesses that are not going to bounce back that you just take stuff for granted, you know? And, and I think the thing is you can't, you know, you can't hold it all in the forefront of your conscience and just, just love it all. So, you know, you, you can't, you can't do that. But, um, um, the timeless lesson endlessly taught to us, which is to, um, 
I mean, I think, I think, you know, you got to reflect on the state of what it means to be a human being and the gravity of that, you know, someday I want to do a big talk on that, but, and, uh, just the gratitude piece, um, try to have a heart of gratitude and, you know, which I struggle with, like I'm a, I'm a, uh, grumbler. And so, um, I'm having to like stop grumbling. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a complainer. So I have to, I've been having to micromanage my complaining heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can't complain. I'm not going to complain right now. I'm not going to complain right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm having to give myself a don't complain talk all the time and catch myself as I launch into it. And, uh, that's so dumb, you know? I mean, it's like, that's just, I'm not lame. I have to work on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're not alone in that, man. I mean, yeah. this is an easy time to be very, very much about grumbling and complaining. You know, it's yeah. very, cause I mean, I mean, you're looking at, you know, within a matter of two to three weeks, most people's lives have been flipped around. Yes. And so, uh, you know, the things that we took as very commonplace, basic things that mm-hmm. we just took for granted, yeah. you know, no longer there anymore. I mean, yeah. You know, I've been doing the same sort of thing, kind of eating the same meal multiple times a week just to make sure that I'm, and some of it's because the grocery store down the street from my house just doesn't have anything because yeah. as soon as it gets in, it's being it's gone, just taken yeah. immediately. So yeah. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty this time, but I think there's a lot of also, if, if all we're doing is just looking at the uncertainty, if all we're doing is just looking at how, how bad it is, and we're not also considering the other side that there is there is some beautiful stuff like we're talking about with uh, you know artists and designers mm-hmm. and makers, yeah, yeah. the way communities are kind of pulling together. There, there's some beautiful things that are coming about because of this. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know. It's really easy to paint with that wide brush. Yeah. Black oh or yeah. White with yeah. It. Yeah. But I think it's good to just every once in a while, even if you're at a spot where you know you, you just start being a little too overwhelmed by it, to just sit down and be like, let me make. I don't know, something as ridiculous as let me make a list of five things that are actually really beautiful right now. Yeah. It's good to temper those. Sure. And if you're if you're not taking it serious enough, it might be good to make a list in the other way. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what yeah, are yeah. five things I should be taking very serious right now? Yeah. Because yeah, I'm yeah. blowing everything off. Right. Right. Yep. I think recording this moment, uh, you know, and I and I want to acknowledge too that I think um, you know, what we're experiencing in, in certain places in the West, I mean, is is possibly normative for other parts of the world where exactly right. where um, and, and I think, you know, uh, levels of what one calls privilege. I mean, I think if you're living in the West, you're, 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 there's always, um, difficulties and injustices in front of you or, you know, above you, mm-hmm. but below you, you're standing on some measure of privilege in some way that oh, yeah. somebody else just doesn't have, the have nots. Um, and so, um, my, my hope is that, that there are new, conversations that come out of either new conversations or re um, ignited conversations that press deeper into um, sort of life and meaning and value and what a person is. And, and, and um, so I'm hopeful that there's a sobriety that moves us, compels us in, in a constructive way forward. It's kind of like my, my hope or my prayer, if you will, or my, my thought. So, um, yeah, I don't know how many times this week I've used that either the word sober or sobriety talking yeah. about things because yep. that that's the the one I think overwhelming word I could use for what this has mm-hmm. kind of the what has laid across me is as a sobriety about a number of things. Yeah. Um yeah, there's just there's a lot going on, so all y'all out there please know like we're, you know, we're here. We're yeah. uh, we're going to try to keep things as as normal as possible mm-hmm. while maintaining a, a you know, a a very um 
encouraging and, and realistic eye on the situation. So um, I did hear from Ken, Ken Gilbertson. Oh, how's he doing? He's still did in he, Richmond. Oh, so uh, so for, he did, oh, well, no, that might he, be pretty good because where he, he was headed would yeah. not have been a, a good spot. No. So he ended up, he ended up uh, deciding he's going to stay in Richmond for a while now. Oh man. So we've, so we'll up you we'll update you and we may have Ken on in the future. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, whether we want to or not, he'll probably find his way back. Yeah, I, don't, I, I got we a ne- feeling. We never gave him a direct answer. No, I haven't. I had lunch with him. Oh. Um, uh, right, like sort of right before spring break. Oh, okay. So, and then he just, he texted me, see how I was doing. And um, he's he's down, camped out by the James River. And um, yeah, he offered to take me to KFC. I told him I can't, I can't get any fast food right now. <laughs> But um, it's, oh, it wasn't the day that he was here, though. No, it's a different day. Oh, so, so, he's, so he's, he's about it, though. Yeah, so he is here. He's he loves KFC, and um, I think it's a West Coast thing, maybe. But well, you um, need to get him to Lee's Chicken. Get him yeah, some, I'm gonna some get him more local spots. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, but anyhow, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But it turns out he's he's he wants to come on, and so we'll we'll see. I'm sure Ken will be here soon. Well, at least you know for your for your I, sake, Gareth. Well, I'm just, at least I'll know about it this time. That's the only thing. Yeah, I won't be caught off guard. Yeah. <laughs> So I can maybe talk to him beforehand to know if he's going to be dropping on the table here. Also, he is a hip hop aficionado, which you would never guess. You would never guess, do. but that boombox—it's it, tight. I got to look at it closer, and, yeah. and it's really from like it's an—it's from '84, so it's legit. It's—it's it's the one he had in '84. He's okay. never stopped playing it. That's—that's that's pretty amazing. Yep. Just don't make things like they used they to. They don't. They don't. So anyhow, there's that. Yeah. Okay. So on, on that, that note, note. <laughs> uh, thank y'all for joining us. Stay safe out there. Stay sane. Y'all uh, be careful. And um, yeah, check on folks. Be a good community. And we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle.